Hello, I'm Sarah James, a lifestyle blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast in the Life Listen Network about two women embarking on a self-care bender. We're both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet it's elusive. And while we may have all the information we need, we don't always get there. We want to explore different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious, looking at body, mind, and spirit, and also just some random talk that's thrown in there for good measure. We we also want to look at the defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey guys, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about our favorite lazy meals that we use time and time again with our families. And we will also be interviewing Janine Harvey and Isabel Kalman, who have started a new website called Feed Our Democracy. And it is so awesome. We can't wait to tell you all about it. It is. It's really important stuff. And so we hope you guys will listen all the way through to that interview. But first, Sarah, how has your week been going? <laughs> oh, I don't even know. <laughs> um, March is killing me. It's, well, it's, 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 it killed me. And um, April's not much better. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. It's just, it's so busy. I'm in the thick of the school stuff, I feel like kind of ramps up um, mm-hmm. in these last couple of months. You know, we end school a lot earlier than California schools end. So, I mean, we're like, we've already done spring break. I mean, we're in the, we're like in the home stretch of the year. And I feel like there's just so much going on with my kids. Um, we're having the mad rush of why does this hap- have to happen so early? But I feel like all the talk with the moms right now is what summer camps are your kids doing? What summer oh, yeah. camps? So it's just like that drill of finding summer camps almost every week for our kids because I have to work. And, you know, what about you? Well, you know, it's interesting. Actually, I want to come back to the summer camp thing. Oh, (laughs) let's talk about it. A big one. But I don't know about you, but I have been seeing more and more people this month talk about how March creates a spike in anxiety for people. And I've seen some people attribute it to, you know, the solstice. I've seen other people attribute it to the time change. I've seen people attribute it to, I don't know, horoscope, woo woo. But I do think there's some truth to that. I, my anxiety is very spiked right now. And I just feel like everyone's talking about that. Oh, absolutely. I, I have always had a spike in anxiety in the spring. That's when I feel my most anxious. And I've looked into all of the reasons you just mentioned. Of course you have. Of course I have. And I I really don't know what it is, Um, but it always, for me, it really does happen right around the time change. That's when I start feeling like my chest is tight and my heart races a little bit more. And it's, so it's not just thoughts, anxious thoughts. It's actual, you know, physical manifestation in my body. I feel really jittery and I don't know what it is. If it's the difference in the, the light, you know, I've read about that, you know, it, it really messes with your circadian yeah. rhythms and it throws yeah. your sleep off and all of that stuff. But I do every time. And I also think part of it is the summer's coming I think yeah. that that creates a little bit of anxiety because it's, you know, it's when there's so much structure in the school year, you know, where oh, your yeah. kids are going and then yeah. starting to think about summer coming and I'm like, what am I going to do with my kids and work and travel? And I, I think there's like that undercurrent of stress. Mm-hmm. Like it's, things are about to change and they're about to yeah. get chaotic. Yeah. I mean, summer for a working mom is Ugh. a nightmare. Oh my gosh. It is a nightmare. I don't know how other mothers handle it. I agree with you, the summer camp thing. Every March and April, I am puzzle piecing our summer together, <laughs> trying to figure out where my children are going to go that's not in my house. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's really difficult. But at the same time, this past summer, I started realizing that it's almost as difficult for me getting everyone to and from their camps as it is just keeping them out of my hair at home. Well, for you, absolutely. I mean, you've got double what I've got over well, here. Well, I've got so four, four, and of kids. course, they want to go. They want to go to four different camps, right? Of course. And a lot of times, the age ranges don't match up. Like, you know, the boys both want to do basketball camp, but their camps for their age ranges aren't at the same time or whatever. Right. Right. I know, and so, there's just so many different interests, even between my two. Oh, it's just, yeah. 
you know, Malou's very artsy, fartsy. Yep. She wants to do contemporary museum and stuff like that. And then yep. my son, it's actually, he's the hardest because he doesn't do, I guess, what a quote unquote typical 11 year old boy, his interests, are, I guess, are not typical. And I do use that in quotations because that's overgeneralizing. Yeah. But, you know, he he doesn't want to do anything re- regarding sports, like no sports. That's completely mm-hmm. out. Um, mm-hmm. So he usually ends up doing theater, but he's kind of yeah. over that. So I found some coding camps this summer. Oh, yeah. That, he so he's really excited. How to, I have him in one, how to build your own app. <laughs> oh, how fun. <laughs> yeah. That's I fantastic. Um, they said, well, and I always yeah. feel that pressure if I'm going to pay for a camp, I do want it. I don't want to pay for childcare. I want to pay for something that is going to move things forward, whether it's athletic or whether it's educational or music. Like if I'm paying, I want them to actually learn a skill. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I completely agree. And honestly, I don't know about your camps. I'm guessing they're similar to mine. It's expensive. It's ridiculous. You know, I used to do monthly camps, which actually would be a little less expensive. But when you're yeah. kind of like you're saying piecemealing these summers together and you're doing week by week by week, it is not cheap at all. <laughs> so it's, it's not. Just- and so I I actually did decide this year that I'm going to keep my kids home for most of the summer. Yeah. Because it is so hard for me. I mean, last year it was a joke. I had most of the summer them in three, I have four kids, but I had them in three different camps. Of course, all of them started at nine. All of them start ended at three. So every single day, somebody's going to be stupid early. Someone's going to be really late. Totally. And it was just a circus. So I, this year, I am just going to let them stay at home and I'm going to tell them, don't bother me and go play in the neighborhood (laughs) (laughs) or play in the backyard. That's why I have a pool. Yeah. I know. And that's, you know, we're moving into our new home pretty soon and we have a pool as well. So I've, I've been, um, I'm kind of adopting a half and half, I think, this summer. Yeah. We're traveling a couple of weeks. I have them in some camps that they actually want to do. And then like you, I think three, three or four weeks out of the summer, we're just going to be hanging at home and figuring it out. Well, I think the pool's a game changer. I also, yeah. my opinion is neighbor kids are a game changer. And I'm, I'm the mom who I'm like, everyone can come over because my kids will leave me alone if you're here. <laughs> So I'm just running like summer camp Howerton in my backyard. And I've literally told the neighbors, like, your kids can come over any day my kids are here. Yeah, but they have to sign a waiver. Just sign a waiver. I'm not responsible for all 13 well, children. And they have to bring their own lunch. Like, I seriously <laughs> tell my neighbors that, like, I won't feed your kids. Oh, talk about expensive. <laughs> well, because I buy the, the the expensive healthy snacks. Of course you no, do. No, your kid is not getting a, lar- a dollar Lara bar from me. Nope, go home. <laughs> <laughs> I totally hear you. Yeah. So we're hoping to, to be the house that everyone comes to. I'd much rather be that person and have them come well, on over. Well, if you have so a pool, I think it'll be. And we live in a, uh, we, we're moving to a really historic neighborhood that doesn't have very many pools. It's kind oh, yeah. of rare that we have a pool. So I do think, yeah, we'll probably be having lots of visitors, but it'll be fun. It is fun. We're one of the only pools in the neighborhood too, because as you know, California backyards are um, five by five. Right, right, right. Oh my God. It's fun. I like it. Oh my gosh. I'm looking forward to it. It will be good. We'll we'll get it all handled. And by summer, usually my anxiety kind of just, it kind of dissipates. It does. It just does. So let's just let's power through, Kristen. Yes. We're going to power through. All right. So, um, Lazy meals. Yes. So today we're going to be talking about lazy meals. These are probably not our most gourmet. These are (laughs) definitely probably not our most healthy meals. But these are those meals when you have had a busy day, you forgot to think about dinner, it's 5.30, everyone's hungry, and you're like, crap, what am I going to feed everyone? Yes, which is pretty much the majority. (laughs) So like a normal night. (laughs) Like a normal night. It's like a Monday or Tuesday Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm, I have a feeling we probably have some similar, some probably do similar options. I do have to start out though, because there is one actually very healthy meal that all four people in my family like. And so we Mm. do it every week because it's just so rare that I feed all four of us the exact same thing. And that is salmon, rice, 
and usually kale. I oh, eat- my children would not eat that. Okay. I know. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> what and, is your life? <laughs> what, no, let me tell you. My life is every other night, my son begging for Trader Joe's frozen chicken tenderloins. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't know why. And I make this, it's so easy. I buy it frozen, you know, at the market, at the grocery store, thaw it out, put a little bit of olive oil, salt, and pepper, put it in the oven for, you know, 10, 12 minutes. It's so easy to make. And then I make my rice in my rice cooker that I have spoken about. I know. You and I are the rice cooker salesmen, you guys. (laughs) Selfiepodcast.com will link up again. If you don't have a rice cooker, it sincerely makes your life so much easier. You guys, get a rice cooker. Why are you waiting? Please. (laughs) I mean, just do it. So we make we make our rice and then and usually with a salmon, I don't we usually do this like cilantro, lime, salt rice thing, but with the salmon, we don't. We just do a little bit of butter, a little bit of salt. And then the kale, I like to eat it sauteed, but I'll usually make kale chips, which is <laughs> the only green thing my son will eat. And I, I'm not <laughs> lying. He will not eat anything else that's green. But for some reason, I make them so salty. So he probably oh, is really ingesting good. about 2,000 mm-hmm. milligrams of sodium Every time, because mm-hmm. I just like, but salt there was them up. a little, a little piece the, of kale underneath, right, The salt right. somewhere, exactly. But he eats it. We eat it. I, it's a, it's miraculous to me. So of course, you know I'm making what, that though? every week. Kale chips. I think they're hard. I'm so surprised that you put kale chips on your like lazy meal because I think they're kind of hard. What? Okay, well, here's you the have thing. to like chop it all up. No, 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 girlfriend. I go to Trader Joe's. I buy the already oh. pre-washed chopped bag. So literally, I open the bag, pour it on a cookie sheet, put some olive oil, put some salt oh. in the oven. Oh no, I don't. Oh. I don't chop kale. Uh uh-uh, uh 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 uh. No, oh, I'm always like destemming and chopping. Oh no. And, oh okay. no. No 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 no. Buy it pre-packaged, chopped up. Trader Joe's once again to the rescue. Always. Yeah. I know. I feel like this episode should just be like Trader Joe's. Like that's our lazy meals. Things from Trader Joe's. It's like <laughs> selfie episode 28, Trader Joe's and rice cookers part exactly. eight. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. So what's your, like, what's your big one? Well, speaking of Trader Joe's, oh. um, my, for sure my very laziest meal is the turkey meatballs from Trader Joe's, the teriyaki sauce from Trader Joe's. Mm. It's like their knockoff of soyaki, the soy Ooh, bay. Have yeah. you had that? Yeah. With all the sesame seeds in it. I love the sesame seeds. And then rice. Um, now, if I'm being extremely lazy, I'll do the frozen rice from Trader Joe's. But it is so much cheaper and so much better to do it in the rice cooker. But so I throw the turkey meatballs into my big, um, you know, Dutch oven thing. Mm-hmm. Um, pour the teriyaki sauce all over the meatballs heat it up. It takes like 15 minutes and then I serve it over rice. So teriyaki meatballs and rice. That sounds delicious. It's great. Everyone likes it. Now see, my children are more on a beige diet. Yes. Well, (laughs) no, I know all about that as well with the oldest. Actually, I must clarify, two of my children are totally adventurous eaters. That is so true. Can they? Yeah. They will eat anything. And I'm sorry, Jafta. Jafta's yeah. a foodie. Oh, Jafta. My son Jafta has a hashtag on Instagram. Hashtag foodie, <laughs> foodie Jafta, Jafta because he eats crazy things and always has. But my girls are just the super pickiest. In fact, even this meal, I have to set aside their meatballs because they don't want sauce touching Touching. It. Oh, you have the touching issue. <sighs> now, yeah, I, I don't have that much of a problem with that anymore, but I did for a while. But I will say the turkey meatball thing from Trader Joe's. That's another one of my meals. I make spaghetti and meatballs. So once Uh, again, open up the package of frozen turkey meatballs, pour it into the pan, take a jar of marinara, pour it over the meatballs, let that heat up for 20 minutes, and then just make my favorite gluten-free pasta noodles, which are once again from Trader Joe's. I mean, (laughs) what do I work for this place? I'm telling you, but seriously, I've tried them all and they're, they, I think it's brown quinoa pasta. The little, the little, they do like little twirlies, the spirals, they have like the penne and I love all of those. So we do that. And then the kicker, another, so basically this entire meal besides the pasta is frozen in the jar of marinara, but the frozen turkey meatballs, have you ever had their garlic naan? 
Oh, it's it's why gluten oh. was made. It's, oh. it's so delicious. Oh, so we <laughs> it's why always, God gave us gluten for garlic naan. It is totally. We have that. We always eat the garlic naan with the spaghetti meatballs. I don't eat it Yum. because of the gluten, and I just sit there and cry silent tears <laughs> while they're all enjoying it. <laughs> you know, this does make me think we should do an episode on the best gluten-free pastas and and substitutes because Ooh, you and I should. are both gluten-free. Yeah. That's a good but idea. What, the meal that you just described, I actually do that all the time as yeah. well. Same thing. I, Super I always, easy. Well, and I, I feel like there is something about frozen foods. I mean, you can keep them a little longer, you know. And so when I go to Trader Joe's, I do stock up on those meatballs because they are an easy thing to pull out. They certainly are. And I do the, I don't do just the turkey. I buy the regular, the beef meatballs as well. Yeah, I do um, too. Just kind of switch it up. Well, I'm just on, keep talking about Trader Joe's, but they, now they have smaller beef meatballs. They're called party size. Oh, bought those. And they heat up even faster. They do, but I don't like the texture as much as the big ones. Have you ever gotten that? Sometimes they're a little mushy because you know me, I heat them up in the sauce. So yeah. And I feel like when they're smaller, they kind of become super mushy. Yes, that is true. That is true. And I also have to say, I think we actually mentioned this in the episode we talked about the um, pressure cooker. Meatballs in the pressure cooker are no bueno. Oh, oh my God. I bet you they're just like beef jerky. Well, they absorb all of the sauce, so they double in size. And and so all that teriyaki sauce is inside the meatball, and they're like giant meatballs. It's super weird. Oh, that is really weird. Yeah, so you want to just do those on the skillet, old school style. Okay, okay. That very good information. Thank you. Not that I've even pulled the pressure cooker out since last time we talked about it. I know, I haven't either. All right, another simple frozen um, thing that I always have in the freezer is just gluten-free chicken tenders and french fries. Holla. You open the bags with scissors, you dump them on a cookie sheet, (laughs) you stick them in the oven, and everyone's happy. And if it's a special night, you'll go all out and do the tater tots. I was, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, mama likes her tater tots. Let me tell uh, you, I, I will use the entire bag and I'll probably eat 70% of them. I'm like, oh, here oh, you go. Sure. Here's three for you and three for you and 78 for me. Oh, yeah. I try to act like the chicken tenders and French fries meals is a treat for the kids when I'm like <laughs> secretly like warming my hands up. <laughs> so where do you get the gluten-free chicken tenders? Um, I get those at Sprouts. Do you know who makes the brand? Mm. I'm still on the lookout for a good one. I don't. I can't think of it right now, of course, but I'm going to research it and I'll link it up on Selfie Podcast. Okay. Because I also get some French fries from Sprouts that are like all natural, olive oil. So it doesn't feel like it's that unhealthy. (laughs) It doesn't feel like it's that unhealthy, but it is. It kind of is, but it's olive oil, so it doesn't count. You're cooking it in the oven and not in a deep fryer fryer. like I would used to eat mine as a child. Um, okay, so oh, and we taco night. We oh, always yeah. have a taco night because everyone's happy and they can make their own tacos or burritos. But I have to say, I usually do both beef and chicken because my son really likes ground beef. So I'll usually do ground beef. But the chicken I do is in my slow cooker. I just throw a whole bunch of thighs in in the morning. And then I have found the best marinade that's already pre-made and in a package. And all you have to do is open it and pour it in. And that is by Frontera. Um, You Mm. can get it at Sprouts, I mean, Whole Foods, pretty much every place I go, I see them. You know that um, Rick Bayless, he's that chef. He's actually from from Oklahoma originally. So he has a Mexican restaurant, like authentic Mexican restaurant in Chicago. I believe it's called Frontera. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I think so. Anyway, so they're in, they're in the marinade section of the store and he has all different kinds and they're all basically enchilada sauces, but they have this one that is the chicken marinade, which is garlic, cilantro, olive oil, and a little bit of lime. And it's just the brightest, tangiest flavor. So I put my chicken thighs in there, open one package Mm. of that marinade, pour it all over the top, stick it in there, you know, turn it on. And then seven hours later, voila, 
you have the most delicious chicken. Those marinades, I buy them in bulk. I love them. Okay, I'm going to have to find these because I am all about the dump into the crock pot, set it and forget it thing. Oh, girl, yeah. It's my favorite because you don't have to stand and watch. I mean, the only thing is you have to remember to actually get things going around 4 p.m. Right. That that is the truth. It does. But I will say, and that's why I consistently go back to the slow cooker versus Mm -hmm. the instant pot. Because for Mm -hmm. me, I would much rather get it going in the morning when I'm already making lunches and all that stuff. It just makes sense for me because it's the late afternoon, early evening when it's like suddenly my brain becomes mush and I don't know how to prepare any food. So I completely agree. And I (sighs) think that often, like this is the worst time to cook. So bad. And the days that I'm ahead of myself by either preparing something, you know, like I made a chili the other night, like after the kids went to bed and then I just get to pull that out and heat it up. It's like the best when you don't have to do anything at Ugh, four or five. That's pretty much my dream. I know. It's my I dream. Gotta get a, I, I got to get on that more. Because I was on that tip for a while. I would, when I made my lunch in the day, I would like set stuff up in the crock pot for dinner. And it's, it is. It's so much more peaceful in the evening. Ugh, it absolutely is. Crock pot for the win. Okay. I found the chicken nuggets that oh, okay. we buy. Okay. It's Applegate. Oh, Apple! I love Applegate. Yeah, they're really good. Okay. Now the bummer is they're really expensive. expensive. Yeah, I mean they're like triple the price of just you know oh, Target brand chicken nuggets. But I am also going to on selfiepodcast.com link up to a recipe that I use to make my own chicken nuggets that are gluten free. Oh, that sounds way too involved. Oh, listen, no, you're so wrong. Listen, it's the easiest thing. Okay, okay. It is almond meal, cumin, coriander, and salt. You mix Yum. all those things together. You dredge the chicken through it. You saute it in a little olive oil, and it really does get a nice little breading on there. And my, it's so easy that my kids know how to make these. Do you, do you dredge the chicken in the egg in between? Nope. Oh, no. No. Nope. So just, just, it just sticks on it. It just sticks on. Mm-hmm. And how do you cook it? I'm sorry, I didn't. In olive oil, just saute in olive oil. Oh, and it really does get a nice brown. I mean, it's not crispy, right? But the taste is really good. I love cumin. I know, and coriander. Uh, I know together, so yummy. Okay, I'm, I might do that on it's one of those nights bad. when I have energy at six o'clock. Which is never, by the way. I know. Yes. It's not, that is not a, a lazy never. meal, but it's no. a much cheaper option if you need gluten-free yeah, um, that's chicken great. nuggets. That's great. Okay, here's another thing I do, and this, this is going to um, take me back to my Cincinnati roots because I went to college in Cincinnati, and there's a restaurant there called Skyline Chili. Have you ever been to a Skyline? I haven't. Well, Skyline serves their chili over spaghetti, which I know <gasps> sounds weird to a lot of people, but it's actually super delicious. So I will mm-hmm. make spaghetti. And then I will put Hormel's turkey chili on top as the sauce. So it's right out of a can. And then you cover it in cheddar cheese. Well, that just sounds delicious. I know. It's super good. And the great thing about this one is both spaghetti and turkey chili are shelf stable. So if you keep those on hand, even if you haven't gone grocery shopping in a while, that's just an easy one to pull out of the pantry. That is so good. And I will say there there are people, I've had chili on noodles before. There is a, well, there was a restaurant, I guess, when my parents were growing up and they both went to the University of Oklahoma. It was called a Dinko Darling. I think the restaurant might've been called Dinko's. I don't know. They've continued on this tradition for um, us children, but it was noodles, (laughs) chili, cheese, and then, because it's Oklahoma, a big old fried egg on top. (laughs) I don't know about that. I like fried eggs on food, on Brussels sprouts. I'm not sure about spaghetti and chili. I, 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 I don't, I don't like it. I just, Mm -mm. the the yolk on the chili, Mm -mm. it just, no, thank Mm -mm. you. Mm -mm. Shut it down. Shut it down. Yeah. 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 
I disapprove. Well, at Skyline, they serve it with a mound of shredded cheddar cheese, like as big as the chili and pasta. It's like half cheese. <laughs> oh my God. And then onions all over the top. It is really delicious. <laughs> oh, I want to eat that right now. I'm so hungry. In fact, yeah, my stomach's growling and I'm like, is my, <laughs> is my mic picking this up? Because it's really loud right now. I know. I, I feel something. like I always do this when we talk about food. I have not eaten breakfast. <laughs> well, yeah. And I but feel I'm like, like we've been talking about food a lot lately. Is that just me? I know. We have. Yeah, we have. We kind of have. It's important. It's okay, funny. then fine. We can just, we can move on then. Let's move on. All right. Let's, let's move on. All right. We're going to take a quick segue to talk about a sponsor that helps with a common problem, which is what to do with all of those digital photos that you never actually print. I have so many digital photos. Oh, well, we all do. I have like a literal laptop graveyard full of old photos. Yes. Hard drives. Full. (laughs) I know. It's a really common problem. You know, a lot of us struggle with printing those best photos. Yes. So here's the cool thing. For those favorite photos that you have, you know, the ones you actually want to see and not are like lost Mm -hmm. somewhere on your laptop, you guys have got to check out Canvas People. At Canvas People, you can print out your favorite photos on Canvas, and they're really, really unique and beautiful prints. I've used them as gifts for my grandparents um, over the holidays. I did too. Yeah. Yeah, I bought Canvas prints for, um, for my own parents, and then I actually bought them for friends. I just stole people's photos from their Facebook page. Page. That's so smart. Oh my gosh. Well, who doesn't oh. love a printed photo? I mean, it's, it's uh, yeah. the perfect gift for anyone. It's perfect. Everyone yeah. loves them. And I will say that the prints are like pieces of art. They're super minimal, mm-hmm. very clean lines. So they, they look great anywhere. Yeah. And we have a really great offer from them today. You can get an 11 by 14 canvas people print for free. It's a $69.99 value. And all you do is pay the shipping and handling. That's so good. It is so oh, good. Whoa. I did this. <laughs> <laughs> I I did this myself. So for you to get your own 11 by 14 Canvas People print for free, just visit canvaspeople.com, upload your photo, and enter the special code, SELFIE. And this is a special limited time offer. So go to canvaspeople.com today, use the code SELFIE when you're checking out, and get a free print. All right. Well, we have a really great interview coming up. It is with Janine Harvey and Isabel Coleman. I met Janine um, when I was an ambassador for the One Campaign. She worked there for a long time. Um, Isabel is a fellow blogger. She is the founder and editor of Alpha Mom. And they're also just go-getter, hard-hitting, powerful women with a passion for social good. And they have partnered together um, with something that's really exciting. I love these two women. We've known Mm -hmm. them for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And they have started a new website called Mm feedourdemocracy.com. And we think it's incredibly important and pertinent. And we cannot wait for you guys to meet these lovely ladies. So Isabel, tell me a little bit about yourself. Hi, nice to meet everyone, and so great to see you. I'm so honored to be here, Kristen and Sarah. I'm here with uh, my partner, Janine Harvey. And um, Feed Our Democracy is really um, an offline movement. Um, Well, something that you can do online to to kind of then gather offline. And our tagline is um, meet, eat, and activate. And mm, the, the prim- thank you. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I'm down with that. <laughs> and, and really the inspiration is um, to gather, um, gather citizens. It's, we were really kind of inspired by Shabbat dinner. Um, oh, says interesting. The, says the Catholic girl. <laughs> <laughs> and really the, the spirit of how Shabbat dinner brings together um, together uh, uh, people to, um, to have dinner and continue the spirit of Judaism. And what we want to do is bring people together in events, us gatherings, small gatherings that could potentially be bigger gatherings, but really to continue the spirit and the culture of citizenship. Hmm. rather than Judaism. And, um, and we, you know, we think that action is the antidote to despair. We didn't make that up. That's Joan Baez. And, um, and I think there's been a lot of people who've been paralyzed, not knowing what to do and feel overwhelmed by, by what has been happening, um, in our democracy. And, 
just the act of meeting with with others who they know and who are connected to their friends and talking about these issues and kind of verbalizing them over a a ritual of breaking bread Mm -hmm. um, and then outlining what their plans are and kind of verbalizing and what their intention in terms of action. Right. um, That that in of itself is the first step to kind of making not only progress, but also um, the first action towards, you know, what may be anxiety Mm -hmm. in this kind of current environment. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I can totally relate to that. Absolutely. I I feel like there's been so many things going on in democracy and you just don't know where to start. And that's where this website comes in because, you know, it like breaks it down for you. Like you're, whatever you mm-hmm. happen to be, whatever cause or issue you're interested in, this site can help you do the things you want to do, figure it out mm-hmm. and create action. Move out of despair into action. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Which is actually a bit of self-care if you think about it. Because I do agree. Doing totally. things that make a difference that are following your passions, you know, can make you feel better mm-hmm. inside. And I think so it works. But, um, going back a few months or actually the past year, we've mm-hmm. all felt this high level of despair. Yeah. Um, waking up on November Ugh. 9th, mm-hmm. <laughs> 8th, 9th, the, <laughs> 8th, I guess, the first day that changed our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and just thinking, what do we do? What can we do? And it took a little while, I think, to gather our thoughts. And then Isabel put out this Facebook post, you know, would any of you be interested if we hosted, you know, would you be interested in hosting a dinner or having a small gathering that had action items associated with them? And I know hundreds of people raised their hand, and I was so excited about that coming from this background of activism and um, because Janine tell us about your background so Janine Harvey's background and we know each other because you for a long time were directing the women and girls initiative with the one campaign yes Yes. so the one campaign was a great sort of launching point for everything else and was actually full circle for me from being a child activist and having hosting little carnivals in the neighborhood when I was eight oh I love that being the bossy big sister to everyone in the in the neighborhood but um with one, it was very much, you know, the tagline is actions speak louder, and it's really what your actions can do and how, um, you know, one action can make a difference. But what we really wanted to do was make sure that what we, that the events we were putting together or whatever we were launching had also very um, – had actions associated with them so yeah. that it wasn't just, just a matter of getting together and talking about something, yeah. which we did at first because you need to do that and yeah. have those conversations about what the hell was going on, what's, you know, what's, what do we do, it's sort of that anxiety, but then you need to turn that into something. So right. um, the, the Joan Baez quote is very much what we use every day, the action is uh, the anecdote to despair. Mm-hmm. Um So really, that's with the one campaign. I was at PBS before that Mm -hmm. and um, building communities around um, children's television. So it's really building communities that will take action and that will do. Mm -hmm. And and it's face-to-face. It's small. um, You never feel that that you as a single person can't make a difference in the world. And you can, right? Um, Your role of citizen is so important. It is you know, the most important role in this country, really. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, you know, and it's something that we can't sit back and we cannot let other back. people take, no. take care of things for so us. So can you walk us through what the website looks like or, you know, I think that's, um, and, and, and really what we're hoping will happen is that, um, people will get together and what they'll do, what they can do is they can go to the website. There's a, there are, it's broken down into, um, different causes Mm-hmm. So um, there, there we we outline if you want to host an event, how it can happen. We have a toolkit. Um, we're we're this is like a recommend a recommendation, like a guideline. Hey, you know we think that, um, but it can be a breakfast. It can be it can be um, you know a, a, a tea. It can be like a PTA meeting type event, or it yeah. can be a dinner, or it can be like a pizza gathering that you normally have. But even if it's not, even if that's too much for you to handle, what we have in place are by causes. So there is an area for you know flipping the government to to blue, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know ending gun violence. Um, uh, 
uh, immigration and reform, mm-hmm. um, women's rights, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, you know, um, voter registration, voter registration, yeah. which is incredibly which is huge, vote, incredibly important. Um, so there, there, are, we we lay them out as the causes and mm-hmm. and that are and issues that are the most um, kind of impactful right now, and we we'll be adding more. And there we have an action plan. Mm-hmm. It what to do? Um, what are the what are the organizations that are that are organized around these causes that are the, the leaders in the area in That's the right. area? Yeah. So for example, you know, flipping the government to blue, there are a handful of organizations. That that, for example, Swing Left, uh, Flippable, Emily's List, for ending gun violence, there's, you know, every uh, every town, um, there's Moms Demand Action, there's the Giffords Law Center. Mm-hmm. So we outline um, for women's rights there, we, 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 we touch upon it various areas we touch upon like Planned Parenthood as well as list Emily's list again mm-hmm. as well as touch higher heights as well as you know now mm-hmm. um, so we we list that as well as what you can do what are the 10 things you can do mm-hmm. um, be it you know call your representative we also list list the actions that um, the issues that are the, the the issues around that cause or that issue mm-hmm. what, what are the hot button issues so that you kind of yeah. can educate yourself yeah. and the pages are only two to three pages long mm-hmm. yeah. with all of the information yeah. that you really need digestible. which is fantastic yeah and and really we're not re- trying to reinvent the wheel either what we're trying yeah. to do is really kind of point people simplify it for people that feel completely inundated with too much information because they're, because there's wonderful resources there are a lot of people going in the same direction yeah it's yes. called like a wave <laughs> and, yeah. and and if we all move a little bit together mm-hmm. it doesn't feel you know we can move that big rock yeah you know and that's really what um what the the goal is um you know and 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 really we can't we can't take it all upon ourselves you know i do therapy and i and i and and i because I, I deal with anxiety and one thing that i've learned is that you know, when you feel, when you have an anxiety, just having and knowing what the next step yeah. that you, and writing oh down gosh. what that individual mm, yes. next step is, yeah. in of itself, is how you take care of it. Yeah. And it could just be one thing. It doesn't have to be huge. It's breaking things down into manageable pieces. I yeah. think that's really important because I think people do feel that overwhelm of despair and then they go, it's just too much. I right. can't even deal. Can't deal. So I'm not going to do anything. Right. And what I really appreciate about the way you've broken it down is that, you know, people can just decide to drill into one issue. You know, they, they may decide, you know what, my, the issue that really speaks to my heart is gun violence. Or they might decide the issue that speaks to my heart is immigration. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to give yourself permission to do one thing. Yes. Because we can all plow one field at a time. We can't plow the entire, you know, the entire country. Um, but I really like that you you aren't prioritizing one thing over another. You're allowing people to come to the site and to say, this is the thing that I want to dive into. And you're like, great. Here's how you do it. Exactly. And, and we're not, let's not reinvent the wheel either. Yeah, Here are all good. these wonderful resources that exist right. and these yeah. wonderful organizations that are doing it as well. Mm-hmm. And you should go to them and you should take advantage of the tools that they already have. Yeah. Right. And the, the really heartening thing that, that Janine and I have learned and our other partner, Nancy, who's not here today because she's in New York, the thing that we've learned is that that th- these organizations are talking to each other mm-hmm. and they're really kind of collaborating, I think, because they recognize we're all in this together and we all have the same end goal. Right. You know, we all want to preserve our democratic ideals. Right. Right. <laughs> right. We, all, we, we really appreciate the country that we're in yeah. and what we stand for and Which what makes true us. patriotism. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. what we really stand for and um and so if your issue is education or Mm -hmm. environmental action Mm -hmm. these are the places that you should go Mm -hmm. you know we hosted um a a, we're kind of in the uh doing beta testing of of the dinners right now to really find out what is it that 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 people are what works and what doesn't work so that mm-hmm. when we're refining our toolkit because even for ourselves you know our, we're always like in a state we're always I say we're always in beta you know we're always yeah. we're always <laughs> right, optimizing right. we're always trying to make things better right, right. And we're gonna mess up we're gonna and, 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 yeah and we, we know we're gonna mess up and, and and it's how you handle it but and so um and so at, at our at, at our first dinner what we did is we kind of there were there were 12 of us 10 guests and Janine and I were there and we all went around the the table and I asked everyone to please Think about if you had only one cause, if you were forced, no one mm-hmm. is forced to do anything, but, I, but really try to 
force if you were forced to actually pick one issue what would it be mm-hmm. and then if you were forced if if you had to do like commit to one action between mm-hmm. now and the end of the year and you know some people focused on voter registration because they you know more and more it's coming back that that how important voter contact is mm-hmm. and how important voter registration is in terms of the midterm elections and also how important um more than just the presidential elections, how important, mm-hmm. you know, at the state level right. and at the House and right. the need to kind of create that excitement about um, about those elections the way we have about and the turnout like we have for the presidential elections. And and and, and what we've learned is that um, that there are all these wonderful resources that that are online that have been built since you know November 2016. Mm-hmm. And it's all a lot of it is being built. I, by people who've never who've never been political before, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I wasn't right. political before. I wasn't even a U.S. citizen until two thousand nine. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I didn't even I didn't even get to vote. You know, until I, I actually submitted my immigration my, my naturalization papers the day you know Barack Obama was sworn in as president. So wow! Oh wow! <laughs> that was the yeah. day that you know I was so inspired by him that I submitted Ugh. my naturalization papers. So so you know. It, and it just showed, but I did it because I really, I, I recognized that day that that voting is more than a right. It's an absolute privilege. Yeah. Yes. You know? It and, absolutely is. And one that many people don't have. Right. And I think yes. it's really easy to lose perspective of that when you've lived in the U.S. your entire life. Oh, yeah. But this is a big deal and we're squandering it. Yeah. And yeah. and so it's so so really what what we try to do is really highlight all of these organizations. Mm-hmm. Like to, like we've been at this conference and you know um one of the things that we we were like okay we're at a conference that has you know um uh, uh, just the past couple of days that has uh, 600 women wouldn't it be great to to talk about voter registration and do a voter registration drive. The good news is that here at the conference that we were at there were t- most women were, were already registered to vote, but they came to us and there was a woman who was thinking is considering, you know, throwing her hat, hat in for judgeship mm-hmm. in 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 um in a in a southern a southwest state. Mm-hmm. And she was asking us, you know, she was she came to talk to us and we were telling her about some organizations that she had never heard of. Mm-hmm. And and these are because these are new organizations. So yeah. and there was another another woman who stopped by who was asking about, you know, she has retail shops, and so she wanted to know about how she could do a voter registration outside of her retail shops. Right. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the League of Women Voters does that. Yeah. You know, and and that's that's the important part is really the education part and 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 also creating the excitement about citizenship. That's what we want to do. We want right. to create excitement and get back to the culture of citizen citizenship. I love that. Me yeah. yeah. too. And Kristen, you raised um, something really important I think a couple minutes ago with kind of finding that one issue that you're most important about because right don't you feel like the past year you've just been ricocheting oh, oh my god like, oh my place. gosh i have to do this and i have to do this action right. for this and i have to do this and, and you're all over the place and it's hard it, it's mm-hmm. it's meant to confuse i it's, think and it's, it's too much much this, to think about information one mm-hmm. thing what is what are you most important about you know what is right. it? Totally. and then you just focus on that and it yeah. simplifies it so much yeah and I think it's it's hard because you know for those of us who are politically active there is that feeling of like if I'm not doing everything then it's not good enough but then when you feel that paralysis you just do nothing right mm-hmm. you know and I, it's it's okay if you go you know what I'm gonna leave this topic to my friends who are really passionate about it and I'm gonna forge ahead in this instead. Yeah. I think that's okay. And I like that your website, not only are you picking the, the cause that's the most important to you, but then you guys break it down even more into actionable steps. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it's drilled down so much that I feel like any person that goes to this website could be like, okay, I have a ne- one step, one thing I can do next and it's right here in front of me and I can do this, mm-hmm. you know? Cause even just talking about one issue, Gun mm-hmm. violence. That's still huge. Right. You know, mm-hmm. on a federal level, state level, it's it, it's it's a huge issue. But mm-hmm. the way that you break it down is just so so on point. Oh my god. There's so much. Um <laughs> so much. <laughs> so much. There's so much. Gosh, These okay. teens are doing amazing and oh my god, thank thank God for you know, it, it just makes you realize though you have a voice, you you know, there are things we can do. Um there was, a, there was an example that we heard a couple of weeks ago at an event that we went to for Swing Left that's so important, I think, also 
playing into what we're trying to do, which is the face-to-face mm-hmm. contact and the relationships mm-hmm. and how, you know, that is really the way to, to make things happen and to get, to make change. Um, and it, the, the example that the woman in the room was telling us about was um, when she worked on the, I think it was Obama's first campaign mm-hmm. um, in 2008. Eight, eight, yeah. And she was sent to a small town in the west, so, southwest, um, completely red town, 300, 300 um, population in this town. And she made it her goal to speak to every single person oh, in this wow. town. Wow. And it That's was amazing. one that turned blue in the election. Oh. It was one town. And so not that, you know, we're, we're trying to just say, or it has to turn blue. I mean, it's picking your issue, but your then issue. having that one-on-one conversation with mm-hmm. people. And so our, you know, events, you're also breaking out of your social mm-hmm. bubble a little mm-hmm. bit. Yes. This, uh, you know, where, we suggest having two hosts, each person inviting five people who have not met each other. So mm-hmm. you're expanding your social circle, but you're also getting actions done and you're getting to know each other better. Yeah, and then those people right. will go out. Mm-hmm. And so it is that sort of, you know, ripple effect and it's yeah. building, building yeah. slowly and surely. And it's about, you know, by, by, because what we wanted to do is make sure, you know, we know that one of the things that obviously the big learnings that came out of um, out of the election, the, the most recent presidential election, is how much we were in so our social cycle, social silos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. and I, I'm not saying that events like this will get you out of them necessarily, but right. I do think it's important to kind of to to try to expand our our, mm-hmm. our circles mm-hmm. and have conversations yeah. with people that we don't know. Yes. And understand understand how exactly. this happened. Yeah. And and, yeah. and 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 so, you know. N- if you're having an event, obviously, um, you know, people have different levels of tolerance of tr- wanting to invite, you know, people that they don't know. But if you if, if you invite someone who's uh, a friend of a friend, then, you know, you have a connection to them. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the model that we're, we're working under. You mm-hmm. co-host and you but mm-hmm. but at least you're getting to meet people that you don't know. Right. Yeah. But it's still connected to a friend, right? And maybe one is still one or two people removed from you at least, mm-hmm. and 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 in that way, um, you're getting a, you're getting a little bit more kind of um, a perspective uh, away from yourself, and and so anyway, and and that allows people to kind of branch out, yeah, and also brings again, you're discussing topics face to face, yeah, which is so important. It is. I mean, I just think we all get into the political discourse on Facebook and on Instagram. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, there is a layer of removal from relationship in that. Um, And I think that that face-to-face is really valuable. I think so, too. And I think that face-to-face, we need to get better at doing and discussing these things Mm face-to-face. I think, unfortunately, we were all raised under saying like you're not you're not supposed to talk about religion or politics right. at the table oh, yeah. Yeah. and that's like that was a mistake yeah that was like a mistake i think yeah. we were supposed and to luckily, talk about oh, i feel like as the generations have passed that's really lessened but you know yeah. we're here in our 40s and you yeah. know that was like yeah you don't talk about that you just don't yeah. talk about that you're supposed to be no. nice and cordial <laughs> exactly <laughs> but the truth is is we should be having hard conversations oh, absolutely. Absolutely. because be. from i think from having harder conversations that's where relationships get stronger and you get better at at being at being authentic and not and and I want to say intimate but not intimate in like in like a lovey-dovey way but intimate in a like a friendship way right, right. and that's where you have real relationships with people based on truths mm-hmm. that's where the listening comes yeah. in and I don't think we listen so much but I just that's a very good point one, yes. one thing that over the weekend I was taking my dog for a walk and my mother called and I've tried to leave my phone at home and just be in the moment but I had it with me and she and I thought oh my gosh she's gonna say something now because she started talking about my Facebook post and <laughs> here, we go. Oh, here we go she's gonna say because every single one has just been you know we were two weeks away two weeks out or a week and a half since Parkland and it's been devastating and so I've been posting a lot about that and just things to do and you know so I thought she was gonna kind of Say something about it because she does, you know. We, why don't you just keep Facebook to nice little posts right. about the family? Oh, yes, I've heard and that. she's totally surprised me and said, Can I share this? I'm so oh. proud of you. This is exactly what I need to do, and I'm tired of keeping quiet about it because this is important to me. And this is my mom, oh, I love you know, that. who has not, who has been very 
she's she's lovely and wonderful and beautiful and brilliant and you know but you don't talk about those things right you just don't talk about it so yeah. I think people are starting to feel I mean don't you feel it I feel yes. that all around mm-hmm. even my parents my parents same way you know it's just it's pretty awesome people yeah. are being moved to take yeah. action because we cannot we can't be we, complacent we, we can't be yeah. complacent no Things it's are not looking great, people. Well, we're seeing, yeah, yeah we're seeing I mean, what happens. This is not. This yeah. is about yes, and I don't know. But we started out calling this uh, resistance dinners and changed yeah. it because we decided this isn't. We aren't about resisting right now. We're really about protecting mm. our democracy and I love being that. a part of. That. You know, this exactly. Is, this is something positive. Yeah. We're moving forward, and we can't look at it as resistance. We're yeah. not in a I negative like mode right now. I know that we are. Tr- trying to take actions but they are yeah. for to protect the democracy we, re- we yeah. were really thought we really spent like the br- we did like the brainstorming session and the mm-hmm. real thoughtful session like really yeah. thought it through and we're like and really thought about it yeah. yeah when we did it i went to a conference earlier this year um and it was around contemplative action and just coming um coming to action from a place of positivity which, you know, I mean, that may sound kind of, you know, butterflies and rainbows, but at the end of the day, it's like what we want to be fighting for something, not against something. And what we're fighting for is that citizenship. It is that patriotism. It is that we were protecting what we think the U.S. really is, which is a welcoming place, which is a safe place, you know, all those things. And so I really appreciate that idea of coming from a place of what we want. Not just what we don't want, and, we, and that's important, and we know that, but that citizenship is, is, an, is a goal. But it's important to know what we do want, not to bitch about what we don't want. Exactly. Right. And to really be exactly. thoughtful about it and totally. what is going to make the most sense. And, yeah. and having our elected officials represent what we mm-hmm. think as a population and yeah. the majority yeah. think. Yeah. And there's always going to be discontent, but... Yeah. We need to come together. There are a lot of places we can come together. So yes, it's also absolutely. reaching those points. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, we love this country so much. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We love it so yeah. much. And we just want to protect, mm-hmm. you know, the rights and the rights and really the underpinning, the values that underpin and have made it so strong. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really what this is about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, we're, I'm just, I'm so thrilled about this website, you guys. Yeah. I just think yeah. it's going to be so, so much. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for talking to us today. This has been fantastic. So much great information. Yeah, so. we'll be linking up to Thank it you. on sylviapodcast.com, sharing tons of information from them, and hope you will check out um, their website as well. Share the URL with us one more time. Feedourdemocracy.com. Thank you both so much. We're oh, so honored to be you. here. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. and Janine Harvey. Okay, thanks to Janine and Isabel. That was such a great interview, and I hope you guys do check out their website, Feed Our Democracy. Next week, we are going to be interviewing Liz Bohannon of Seiko Designs. She is single-handedly bringing back the caftan, which we'll be talking about for a little bit. Which we support. Which Which we we support. She has our full support. We support caftan revolution, but we're also going to be talking to her a lot about mom guilt Mm-hmm. And we'll be carrying on that discussion to pass the interview as well because it's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us. Continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at, at selfie podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A huge thanks to Shepherd Audio for our intro music. Take care.